Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast with me, Dr. Joseph Walker. This podcast is designed to offer strategies and moving vision to reality. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, challenged to succeed at the next level. So prepare to be exposed, empowered, and equipped for excellence. Thank you for connecting and allowing this space to become an opportunity for growth and collaborative learning. Now, let's go on this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. Well, thank you for tuning in to Next Level Leader Podcast. This is Dr. Joseph Juan Walker III. I'm so grateful to have you connected on this edition. I want to thank all of you so much. This is a place where we empower and expose you to some of the greatest thought leaders on the planet, people who are not just talking about it, but actually living it out in practical ways. We thank all of you so much for sharing this podcast with all of those who are around the country and around the world. We are appreciative of listeners all the way in Australia and those who are in Europe, those who are in Africa, and certainly those in North America. Thank you. Continue to share. If this is blessing you, we want to make certain that we get this free tool to leaders. I believe that there is something in all of us that needs to be stirred up so that it will come to fruition. You know, one of the joys of my life is having friendships that really represent, I believe, what Solomon says about iron sharpening iron. And part of what we want to talk about today has a lot to do with my guest. As a leader, I clearly understand that life sometimes can appear to be complicated. For some of you who are listening right now, it appears that with all that's going on in the world, life seemingly gets more and more complicated. Worrying about this and worrying about that. And as a leader, from the place where you navigate, sometimes it's hard because you are not only thinking about you, but you're thinking about those that you're responsible for. And that's why it's important to have tools, resources that can help make sense out of the nonsense, that can truly help us understand that it doesn't have to be complicated. I operate from this premise that either you live life or life will live you. And part of being a leader is understanding certain principles that are practical, that are portable. And there's a marvelous book that I had a chance to read and be a part of. And you know, when I share a book with you, it's because I want you to get to the next level. I want you to get it. I want you to read it. I want you to absorb it. And it's a book by a dear friend of mine. It's called Ordinary Lessons. Bartholomew Orr is a pastor of an extraordinary church right there in the border, really, of Mississippi and Tennessee. And Brown Baptist Church is, is truly a model for exceptional leadership, 21st century vision and application. But more importantly, he's a pastor, a leader of leaders. He galvanizes leaders together. I've had many opportunities to speak to the gatherings that he's hosted. And in a real sense, what makes his ministry so progressive, what makes his ministry so strong is his everyday practical wisdom, you know, just life lessons. And so when I read the book, I just kind of felt and heard his spirit throughout it all because it's not complicated people. It is truly lessons we learn by people who've experienced them. And there's certain things that we need to understand as next level leaders, if we're going to be affected. So I want you to welcome to next level leader. Uh, I've asked him to come on because his book is so profound and I want each one of you to get it. And we'll talk about that as we get to the end, but it's called ordinary lessons. My friend, Pastor Bartholomew Orr. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Bishop. You doing all right today? And I am doing well. I'm so grateful to have you great. on this edition. And I really want to delve into what made you write this book? I mean, 
clearly something inspired this, something motivated you in the earth. And what was it that made you say people really need to understand these ordinary lessons of life? Well, you know, it was amazing. A few years ago, the Lord allowed me to uh, preach a series looking at the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and going into the promised land. And the fact that a whole generation literally missed the opportunity of enjoying the promised land of what God had for them. And so it just stirred within my spirit. What was it that made them miss the mark? What what was it that made them, you know, as, as you've just mentioned, allow life to live them instead of them living life? And um, the Lord just began to speak to me principles that literally caused their death in the wilderness. You know, that's, whew, wow, where do we start, man? This is going to be good because there are people out here who are living with unmet expectation, unrealized dreams. It's not that God doesn't want to do it, but there are certain things that are required. We talk a lot about things like time and other things in the book. And if you could talk about what you would consider perhaps the three key things that every leader needs to know from the jump, like clearly, what, what, what would you say? These three things, every leader absolutely needs to learn about life if you're going to really walk into what God has for your life. Well, one of the um, key ones is, especially as a leader, is servant leadership, that God has called us to be servant. And in the Bible, we don't read about superheroes or super saints, but ordinary men who, with the help of God, achieved extraordinary accomplishments. And so how do we be that kind of servant that God can use? And um, and I think a lot of times as leaders, we have just gotten away from just humility and servant leadership. And so that definitely would be um, a, a first on the list. And, and then as a leader, just worshiping God, the priority of worship in our lives, that we have to maintain that intimacy with God Almighty. Oftentimes, we are pouring into so many others that we fail to receive it ourselves. And many leaders, because of that, there is no personal time with the Lord, intimacy with the Lord. Uh, they are literally operating on their skills, on their talents, running on fumes, and we wonder why. You know, uh, we have leaders who burn out or um, who just blow up on this uh, journey. I believe it's because worship is not their priority in their life. And then um, one of the uh, the third one I'd probably say would be that love your partner. Um, God has given leaders a, um, a special mate. And I think that we are who we are because of the person that God has brought into our lives. Well, how do we cultivate that relationship um, to make sure that we are being faithful in our marriages and as we seek to model what God has called us to do? Wow. So you all heard that, right? The idea of serving, understanding servanthood, understanding the power of worship and understanding the power of loving our partners. You know, one of the things that becomes crystal clear to me as I hear that, and I think, you know, a lot of us, we, we, we're so busy working for God that we're not working with God. 
right? We have our own right. agendas and we're right. moving our own spaces and God's like, you know, hey, you know, many will say to me in that day, I've done all these things, right? But you did not you right. know, do what, I, what was required. When you think about servant, you have to really, you know, what role does humility play in us understanding servanthood? Because there is a fear that, that hubris rises up, right? Pride rises up the more, you know, oh trajectory yeah. that God takes people on. You know, it's like all of a sudden now, rather than serve, we move to a space that we want to be served. Can you talk about that? Right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, now I appreciate my, my father, late Willie James Orr. He told me years ago, son, whatever you do, don't let people put you on a pedestal because if they put you on a pedestal and they get tired of you and they will get tired of you, <laughs> they're going to bring you down. But if you humble yourself under the hand of God in due season, God will exalt you. And when God exalts you, even if people want to bring you down, they cannot bring you down. And I, and I think it's just that learning and understanding humility. You speak of Moses and others in the Bible. They had a humble spirit that the Lord could work with, could use to really allow them to become the great individuals that God wanted them to be. The Bible says only by pride cometh contention. And so a lot of times it is the pride that leads to destruction. But if we can just humble ourselves and just remain humble, even as God blesses us, um, if we can just remain humble, the favor of God will continue to flow in our lives. You know, that's a segue right into that second area, because when you talk about worship, one of the things that I believe hinders a lot of folks from worship is that we get to a certain level in life. And I say you can't worship if you are being worshipped. And mm. we, we lose that's rich. That's you know, rich. <laughs> we lose this space, right, that God wants to occupy because we lord over our own lives. We look for the applause of people. We get consumed in narcissistic behavior. And as a consequence, we kind of ego ease God out. And there is a sense in your book, and I appreciate this passion you have for worship, for staying connected to God. And you tie that into not burning out, like being poured into and a lot of times when leaders are pouring out so much, right, every single day and then they come home, they're exhausted and, and, and they end up with these alternative coping mechanisms that can ultimately contribute to their demise. Uh, how important, if you can talk about this for a moment, is, is a leader being intentional? What, what ways would you say, uh, clearly the obvious, being connected to a church, allowing the word of God to pour into there, but what ways do you see leaders positioning themselves for the importance of worship? Because for some, it's just a little difficult to do things like be still, right? And no, you know, so, right. so what, what, what do you, what do you recommend? And, you know, I, I appreciate what David said. David uh, in Psalms 27 said, one thing have I hmm. desired. And the one thing that I may seek after is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And and so the temple was not even built. So we know David is not talking about just a physical, permanent, a particular place. But I think he's talking about a state of being. And he's talking about a lifestyle because he's saying, I want to do this all the days of my life. And so I believe, you know, some of the very practical things that as leaders we have to um, keep in mind of is, we're worshiping God every day, 
all day, but we have to start it off and make it a priority by even first thing in the morning, our quiet time with the Lord, spending some time in prayer in the word of God, Um, whether it's listening to a sermon or listening to the um, the, the gospel music, whether it's getting into the Word of God and allowing God to speak to you in prayer. Sometimes it's just a simple thing of a quiet time where we can get the most of our worship in with the Lord. Wow. Practical ways for leaders to do that. Now, partnership is big, right? You've been married how many years? I want people to hear this. <laughs> 30, uh, 30 years, 30, 30 years. I, uh, and, and actually, I've been pastoring longer than married. So um, January would be 32 years of pastoring. <laughs> wow. 32 yes. years of, that is amazing. And, you know, the partnership piece is so important, right? Because, you know, obviously you've been blessed with an extraordinary wife, who is truly the epitome of excellence in Proverbs 31 and all those things. And, and then to have a church that has come alongside you in partnering, I think that that part of that whole idea of vision partnership is huge, right? In terms of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about that because a lot of people, you know, they struggle in this area of maintaining healthy partnerships because they don't recognize that it is not a relationship of reciprocity. It is, I mean, I'm sorry, of unilateralism. It is one of reciprocity, right? right? It is, it, it's a it two-way street. There you go. Right. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. You know, we pour into each other, we withdraw from each other, or we make those deposits into each other as well. And I, I was blessed. I must say, I was called to the church January of 89, January of 89. I got elected to be Pastor Brown. And so in that same month, I went out with Valerie for the very first time. So I oftentimes tell folks, um, the Lord brought my two brides to me (laughs) in the same month, January of of 89. But we were um, still in college uh, when we first met. And um, and even after she graduated, I still had a, a year, another year when we got married. But God have just blessed our relationship over the years. And I know that I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Valerie, for her walk with the Lord, mm. uh, just being a prayer warrior. And and this is the one thing that I oftentimes tell people. Unfortunately, I didn't learn that early on because as a 19-year-old pastor, single, um, everything revolved around the church. Mm. So when I did get married, 18 months later, um, the church was still a priority. And looking back now, oh my goodness, I I made a huge mistake of making my ministry the number one thing, the first priority in my life. I know for the first 10 or 12 years of my marriage. And so I, I, I tease folks, I say, that's the reason why whatever Valerie wants now, it's always a yes. I'm, I'm still trying to make up <laughs> reparations. You, you know, and many times guys don't realize yeah. um, that God really wants our mate to be our first priority mm. and not necessarily the ministry. Mm. You're, uh, I think one friend of mine told me years ago, our first um, ministry is to our wives. They are that first ministry, and we get that wrong when we 
pour all of the energy into church and do a lot of great things, but the relationship that is right there at home began to suffer. Uh, you think about Samuel, and we don't read about Mr. Samuel. <laughs> we only read about his son, but it was obvious that there had to be some disconnect somewhere going on um, that Samuel is so close to God, so used of God, and yet right at home, um, there was great struggles. And so I, you know, I would encourage any pastor, make sure we pastor home first. Mm-hmm. Make sure we cultivate and build that relationship with our spouse first. Um, because again, I think at the end of the day, and, and this is um, sometimes sad, but true, when guys retire or leave a church, um, they don't even know what to do next oh, wow. <laughs> because yeah. there has not been that relationship yeah. cultivated uh, with their spouse. That's so rich and so powerful. And, you know, I, I, for all of our listeners who, who are listening in, I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is the practical nuts and bolts stuff we need, particularly in terms of partnership and relationship. And, you know, you've heard me say it and I'll say it again, like, like you cannot uh, sacrifice your, your marriage on the altar of your career. Um, when you do that, you make it an idol and ultimately, uh, it leads to, uh, so much, uh, dysfunction. And if the home isn't right, nothing else will be right. And often you find yourself escaping home to throw yourself into the work because you know, it's unhealthy to your own doing. And what, what you've shared, uh, pastor Orr has been profound in that regard, seeing it as, you know, our first ministry, our first responsibility, and a lot of our leaders out there, you know, we, 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 we move at warp speed, you know, we pass like ships in the night with our spouses and people don't understand uh, how important it is to manage that relationship because the success of your career, your family, all those things are undergirded by the health of your home. And uh, to that oh, yeah. end, that is, that is, that is so powerful. You know, Let's return a corner here and, and we're almost done, but I, I've got to throw out a few things and let you respond to it because you are truly a 21st century leader. You're innovative. People have seen your innovation, your creativity. And I want to talk about that part for a moment, right? Because in life lessons, one of the things that is important, you have a vision, okay? And right. getting that vision to be palatable to people. Okay, because this is partnership, right? If people come alongside me in partnership, they must receive the vision with clarity. We must write it, make it plain. You have the unique ability of creativity, using ingenuity to make not only your sermons come alive, but vision come alive in terms of helping people see it in real ways. Can you talk about the importance of creativity and dissemination of vision and being willing to take those kinds of risks that you might receive the rewards that will certainly outweigh the risk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I call it outside the box (laughs) type of ministry. And uh, one one of the uh, favorite sermons I like to preach is outside the box where I'm literally inside of a box. Yeah, and and uh, just preaching about the fact that you know Jesus, his ministry was not um, inside the box, but he his whole ministry from what moved him 
on how he communicated. Everything, creativity, was just a part of everything that Jesus mm-hmm. did. And and I look at this whole pandemic that we find ourselves in, in the current season of life, and yet this is a great opportunity for creativity. How do we think outside the box to continue to grow, to continue to start new initiatives and new vision, to com- uh, communicate the Word of God? So, you know, how do we continue to connect uh, with individuals and the creativity that is needed even in our connection with those outside, especially since we've been so limited and restricted on in-person worship? And then on just how do we continue to show that compassion of Jesus Christ, the creative ways of um, staying connected um, with others and um, showing that compassion. So this has been a wonderful season in our lives Mm. to continue to do those things in a creative way. And I I appreciate the fact that God has surrounded me with a great staff because no one have all of the ideas and um, all of the creativity, but a great leadership is about building the right team. I oftentimes say at Brown, I want dreamers, thinkers, and doers. Um, it's from a local college here, but I like that that slogan, dreamers, thinkers, and doers who can begin to dream and to think outside the box and have that creativity. And then I copy from great folks like yourself and others. <laughs> and, uh, so part of creativity is knowing how to copy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they always not, say not, not to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> Well, they say nothing wrong with copying as long as you copy the right cat, right? <laughs> so, That's right. <laughs> so, but I don't know if I'm the right cat, but I, I'm honored that you would see something uh, to glean from as I see so much to glean from you. I want to personally thank you uh, so many levels for your contribution to this podcast series. You know, Next Level Leader podcast is really for people to get practical applications and what we do in our various vocations, regardless of what that might be what we do as pastors is portable. These are leadership skills. We build teams, we cast vision, we manifest it, we are creative, we do all these things. And, and we understand the personal disciplines that you have shared today about servanthood, about worship, about partnership, integrity. Those things are huge. And I think this is what makes you the leader, the next level leader that people need to hear from and need to read from. And I want you to tell our listeners how they can get this great book because we're getting better um, swamp it. We want it. Great. <laughs> yeah. So right now if they go to the website, the church website, www.brownbaptist.org. And the book is right there on our church website and, and we'll soon be offering it through Amazon as well. But right now, brownbaptist.org. All right. You got it. BrownBaptist.org. Now, what I want you to do, because I know a lot of Brown folks are listening right now, and uh, all the Brown should have it by now. If you don't, you need to get it because the country is about to get it. The world is about to get it, and we want to make sure. Now, I want to be a blessing to 20 of you who are following me at Joseph Walker 3 on Instagram. Uh, Joseph Walker 3 on Instagram. If you can, and it's going to be obviously more than 20 that's going to respond, but, you know, we're going to have our team pick the 20 who's responding really, really speaks to the need for this book. And basically what you heard, I want you to let me know what you heard and why you need this book. And we're going to bless 20 of you with this book. 
And, uh, and as we bless you, we want you to pass it forward to be a blessing to someone else, which means we want you to share it with at least 10 people when they ask you, what is that? You say, hey, go to brownbaptist.org and get your copy too. So we'll be looking for that. And uh, as you get the book, you know you are one of the one of the 20. Our team will communicate with you. But we want to thank all of you so much for partnering with us on Next Level Leader and sharing this uh, with everybody you know. Dr. Orr, thank you so much for sharing God, today. God bless you. Woo. Thank you so very much. This has been a blessing. And thank all of you for tuning in. Until next time, continue to be a great Next Level Leader. And may God bless you is our prayer. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I look forward to connecting with you.